Reeling from all the terrible news, but not sure how to take action? I'm Kelly. I'm Lila. And this is What Can I Do? Each week, we interview activists about how they took action, what got them started, who helped them along the way, and what they do differently next time. In the process, we offer concrete advice on how to take the leap from freaking out on Twitter to making a difference. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. I am Kelly Pollock. This is What Can I Do, the podcast where we help you figure out what you can do when everything's going wrong. So I am here, as usual, with my co-host, Lila Nordstrom. Hello, Lila. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I am feeling like everything is going wrong and I want to fix everything. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling similarly. (laughs) And I'm excited for our guest today, I think for that reason, because I think this could be a great discussion about a lot of different ways that we could all get involved and help. We have Mary Rickles, who is the director of communications for Netroots Nation with us today. So welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm super glad to be here. Nice to meet you. So... I think to begin, the way that we like to head things off is to just have our guests talk a little bit about their own background when it comes to politics. Did they grow up in a political household? You know, how did they come to their political life? So I, um, I live in the Bay Area now um, and am unabashedly progressive, but I did not grow up that way. Um, I grew up in Alabama to a very conservative family. So my very first political experience was thinking that Ronald Reagan was awesome because that's what I heard my dad say. Um, My dad watched Fox News a whole lot growing up. So, you know, my like living where I lived growing up, everyone kind of had this assumption that everyone was conservative and, you know, Baptist or, you know, like they all fit the same sort of profile. So um, somewhere around... I think it was junior high, maybe when the Gulf War started, I remember having a conversation with my brother and, and we were both like, I don't agree with mom and dad on this at all. And it just sort of got me thinking about, well, maybe there's other thing, other ways we can consider how the world operates and how this country operates. Um, so I sort of started just trying to read and like learn from other people who you know, weren't from my same background growing up. And then when I went to college, I really sort of was like, wow, I don't, I feel very differently from how a lot of people believe and when, you know, what a lot of people say, you know, from my childhood. So I really kind of just started there. Um, I think my first real political involvement was with Don Siegelman, who ran for governor in Alabama, or who was a governor in Alabama, um, his big platform when he ran was on a lottery to help fund schools in Alabama. Um, so I did a lot of volunteering for his race. He was, you know, I think the last Democrat who won a statewide election in Alabama, and that was, you know, quite some time ago. But that was sort of my first, um, my first step into any kind of political work you know, going to college, that kind of expanded my, my viewpoints, exposed me to, to some different ways of thinking. And then after college, I ended up um, moving to California to um, do some additional schooling. And then of course, my eyes were open even further to just how diverse and rich um, this country is. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I, kind of how I got started. 
So somewhat unusually for people in the uh, organizing and political world, you've been in this position for quite a long time. Could you talk a little bit about how you got involved in Netroots? And I assume you must love it because most people in politics do not stay in positions this long. Yeah. So something that if you if you're familiar with Netroots Nation, you may not know this. And if you're not familiar, just quick. Uh, Netroots hosts the largest political annual politi political political gathering in the country every year. We do an annual conference. Um, it's three or four thousand people who attend. So with that, we have had lots of different high profile speakers. We've had Obama has spoken. Hillary Clinton has spoken. We've had Ayanna Presley. I mean, all all kinds of elected officials over the years, and and hundreds of breakout sessions every year. So. People don't always realize that we are a very small staff. Uh, we have a staff of four people who work on this conference full time. So I, like most of my colleagues, actually started being involved with Netroots as a volunteer. Um, at the time I was working in publishing back in 2008, um, I was working for a magazine um, here in San Francisco and just started volunteering. They needed some folks to help with managing press outreach because they had some presidential candidates coming to speak. Um, and so I came as a volunteer to help manage and wrangle reporters um, that first year. And so, you know, after that, um, a little bit, a year or two later, um, they were, they were looking to do some expanding of the organization. And I was sort of looking for a change to get out of um, what I was doing. I was looking for a new adventure. And so I started working with NetRoots then back about 15 years ago, I think. All started with a volunteer. <laughs> you brought up something that I wanted to talk about, which is just the caliber of speaker and guest that Netroots is able to get. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the process of putting together a political conference, of going out to guests, how guests are selected and panelists are selected and kind of what the, the kind of behind the scenes planning yeah. piece looks like. So... Netroots has a, lots of different types of content. Um, we do keynotes and some featured panels. Those are really curated by our staff and board. So we kind of sit down and we say, okay, what's happening in the world? Um, what do we want to highlight? So that com that conversation is usually more internal. Um, we also have about 150 breakout sessions each year. And those are fully organized by and for our community. We do an open panel submission process um, that usually kicks off in January or February. Um, this past year, we got about 400 submissions um, that we narrowed down to about 150 final selections. So anyone in the community in the community can su submit an idea for a panel or a training. And really the main thing we ask is that we want our trainings to be a concrete skill learning opportunity and we want our panels to be a good discussion about a campaign or an issue or something related to the health of the progressive movement. So the panels, you know, we have folks who submit them. Uh, we work with them to get sort of finalized, to get the logistics all set. But really the content comes from the community. With regards to the keynotes and the, and the featured content, this year, for example, just knowing that we were going to be in Chicago, we wanted to first, you know, make sure that we were highlighting the issues that are most important to what's happening on the ground there. So we've had lots of conversations with organizations about what they're doing around economic justice, what they're doing around, you know, fair wage issues, 
um, union, you know, union issue, labor issues. We had a lot of conversations with folks working on community safety, policing, bail reform, all of those issues that intertwine with community uh, or criminal justice. Um, those two issues in particular were flagged by lots of different organizers in Chicago as being really critical to what, what they're all doing right now. So we knew that we wanted to have those two issues in particular be well represented. Obviously, the current events and what's happening in this country have a lot to do with what we put on our agenda. Unfortunately, we've had some really terrible um, instances of gun violence happen in the last few months. So that issue is going to be talked about a lot. We're working alongside the Democratic AGs to do a panel where they're going to bring in three or four AGs to talk about what attorneys general in certain states are doing um, to, to push for better gun, um, gun, law, gun safety laws in their states. We are working with the secretaries of state, Dem secretaries of state on a voter, voting rights panel. So some of, some of the issues that we end up talking about are just what's topical. As far as our keynote speakers and like higher level speakers, like we always try to try to invite the folks that we know our folks want to hear from. So our community to, often wants to hear from new members of Congress. So we've confirmed Summer Lee and Delia Ramirez and Greg Kazar and Maxwell Frost. They're going to come and be on a keynote panel talking about their experience as a new freshman member of Congress and what that's been like. Um, we know that our folks want to hear from progressive leaders um, in Congress as well. So we've got, you know, veteran members of Congress like J Pramila Jayapal and Jan Schakowsky, um, uh, Gar Representative Garcia from Chicago, um, some folks like that. We also really love highlighting sort of up and coming new voices in the movement, rising stars in the political sphere. So our Thursday night keynote is gonna kick off with Brandon Johnson, the new mayor of Chicago speaking, um, which I'm really excited about. I think people were really excited about that campaign. Um, so he'll be speaking. We just confirmed the Tennessee three are coming. So we're gonna get to hear from them on sort of what their life has been like and what the experience was like with the GOP's attempt to silence them. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how we approach it. I am so very excited that my new mayor will be speaking. <laughs> uh, I'm also very excited that it will be in Chicago this year. So yeah. uh, we, of course, on this podcast, like to talk about helping people figure out what they can do. So, you know, not just what are all the possible things, but how do you figure out what you're good at, what your skill set would work at, you know, what, what possible options are out there? Can you talk a little bit about how things like the breakout sessions and trainings can help people identify ways that they can concretely get involved. Yeah. Well, with our, with our panels, one thing that we encourage our panel organizers and our moderators to do is that we want them to be able to lay out in their session, what folks can do, how can they get involved on an issue? So, you know, we don't want a situation where we have an amazing panel on climate change, for example, and the only people in the room are climate organizers. Like we want people who work on lots of different issues to say, you know what, I'm interested in this. I want to go learn more. And hopefully in the context of that conversation, they can be like, oh, huh, that's interesting. And then they can either say, well, you know, I, you know, maybe, maybe someone in the audience works on reproductive rights, um, you know, in their job. 
but they are sitting in on a panel around environmental justice. And so they may learn a tactic that like, oh, that's interesting. I've never thought about organizing, you know, their supporters in that way. Maybe we can try that at our organization. Um, so folks are able to learn tactical skills or, you know, they can hear about like they we're going to have a panel um, led by some of the Chicago folks who led Mayor Johnson's campaign talking about how just how the campaign went and how they were able to get a can, you know, a candidate who at the beginning was considered a long shot elected. And so, you know, maybe someone in the audience will be like, oh, wow, like there's this candidate in my community that I believe in and I'm going to get involved with their campaign. So our, our goal is to always either provide a, you know, an opportunity for someone to learn, um, provide an opportunity for someone to be inspired or give them a chance to just network with other people and connect with other people who are working on something similar in the hopes that they can then, you know, collaborate in the future. I think with this in mind, can you talk a little bit about who comes to Netroots? Because I think, you know, maybe there's a perception that, you know, conferences in general are for professional areas of interest or for fan communities or, you know, some specific subset of society. Is Netroots something that anyone can come to? Who who do you find there in the audience? Anyone can come. Um, we have folks who attend each year who are in high school. We have um, attendees who come each year who are senior citizens. We have people from all over the country. Um, I think last year we actually had, we checked and we had someone from every single state represented. We have folks actually who come in from other countries. We Every year we have folks who attend from Canada and Australia and various places in Europe. People come from all over. People work on all kinds of different issues. We have people who come who work in reproductive justice. We have folks who work on education. We have people who are running for office or considering running for office. Um, we have people who work kind of more in the tech space and work for tech platforms that you know all these groups use. Um, so it, as far as what people do professionally, it really is a huge range of people, which I think is what make net, makes Netroots really unique. Um, probably about half of the folks who attend Netroots or maybe 60% are folks who are professional organizers. They work for a social good organization in their community, or they work for a labor union, or they're a consultant, or they work for you know, an organization like the Sierra Club or NARAL or some organization like that. Um, but their job is to do organizing or communications or, feel, you know, digital organizing or tech stuff. Um, so that's that's one chunk of people who attend. But the other 40, 50 percent who attend are people who are just really passionate about politics. They don't work in politics. Maybe they're teachers, but they're, you know, tired of, you know, feeling like they're silenced on, you know, in their community or they're just very passionate about um, getting involved in local politics. Um, so there are also people, you know, plenty of people who come who are not, you know, professionals in the space. They just want to come. Someone put it to me last year that they come to Netroots for the oxygen. And I was like, huh, that's, what do you mean by that? And they were like, you know, well, I do a lot of volunteering. I work for my local, in, or I volunteer for my local indivisible group. I do phone banking every cycle, but it's exhausting. Like it just, Sometimes, you know, I, I work, I live in a red state and sometimes I just need to be around other people who can give me inspiration and who can give me energy and make me, get me excited and refreshed to keep going. 
Um, so we have a lot of people who come who kind of fit that profile. Um, you know, we have folks who have decided to run for office. You know, I'm running for school board for the very, very first time. And I'm coming to Netroots because I want to participate in some of the trainings. Some folks come because their work pays for them to come and they're, you know, they're sent to Netroots just to get to know other people and network. Um, some people come because they're asked to speak. So it's a whole range of, of people. Um, but one thing that, that I, I find quite interesting is that if you walk through the hallways, stop by the exhibit hall, listen in on the end of a panel conversation, you'll hear people from different states, different ages, different ethnicities, folks who work on different issues, like having really great conversations. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't think about that perspective or, oh, you know, I know we don't work on the same issue, but I think we could maybe team up and, you know, our, our issues intersect. And so how can we support each other? Um, I've had people tell me um, that they started their organization, like their, their idea for their organization was born out of a conversation in the hallway at Netroots. Um, there is a woman who is um, now I think been in office for seven or eight years. She's a state legislator in Montana. She ran for office because she got inspired at Netroots to come. Like she came on scholarship one year, um, got inspired to run for office. She ran and won. And now she's, you know, a senior, a senior member of the legislature there. Um, so lots of really unique things come out of those conversations. Um, it's not just about going and sitting in a panel room. It's really about taking your whole self, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I believe in and really getting to know other people who work in the space and who are passionate about the issues that, that you're passionate about. I went to Netroots four years ago when it was in Philadelphia and I heard Summer Lee speak. She was a state representative at the time in Pennsylvania. And I remember thinking, she's gonna be somebody. <laughs> now everyone's finding that out. So you'll also get those moments at Netroots. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. You know, we, in, I think it was 2009, um, we were in Pittsburgh and we had a man who at the time was the mayor of Braddock, Pennsylvania, come and speak. And most people in the room didn't know who he was. It was John Fetterman. Um, and, you know, he came up there in his, you know, cargo shorts <laughs> and talked about his town and was fired up. And people leaving that session were like, who is this person? Like, he's going to he's going to run for higher office. And now he's our newest, you know, one of our newest senators. Yeah. Um, we had Stacey Abrams speak maybe 10 years ago. Um, again, before she had a big national profile. Um, so that's my, my, my goal is that someone on our stage, um, you know, five, 10 years from now, will be running for president or running for Senate or whatever. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, uh, this is of course a very large conference and when COVID hit, you needed to quickly pivot. Uh, I think there was like an online year and then a hybrid year. So can you talk a little bit about maybe the lessons you learned from having to pivot like that and the, how we can take those into the organizing space? Yeah. So yeah, in 2000 and actually 2001, um, both of those years were virtual. Um, you know, I, I wish we were able to meet in person, but you know, as we all know, life kind of grinded to a halt as, as we knew it. So um, we decided that, you know, having, having a gathering in uh, virtually was better than not having a gathering at all. Um, you know, one thing that we kind of consistently hear from people is that 
the community is critical and you know that it's especially when you work on issues that don't have a quick solution you know issues like criminal justice and climate change and i mean these are not long like quick solve issues these are issues that are going to take a long time for us to you know see what we want to see happen and so you know, in that instance, like creating community, however we can, um, was, was kind of priority. So, um, doing virtual panels was actually quite easy. I mean, the, the infrastructure is there with zoom. And so people being able to sit in and listen to sessions and present virtually was, was kind of the easy part. The bigger challenge was figuring out how to foster community when you're not in person because so much of what happens at NetRoots comes out of the hallway conversations, like us figuring out how can we help people connect and have conversations in an environment where they don't have that back and forth as easy as they can if they were you know, meeting with them face-to-face. -face. So it wasn't perfect, um, but we were able to, to do some, you know, have some virtual um, kind of hallway conversations, have some uh, organizing spaces open for people to be able to talk and connect, some virtual happy hours, that kind of thing. Um, last year um, was the first year we were back fully in person. We did actually do a virtual component last year. We had about 40 hours of content that we streamed. Anyone who bought a virtual ticket was able to also log into our, our con uh, conference app and network with people. So we'll be offering that again this year as well. Um, it's it, just tracking our registration numbers. I think people are very excited this year um, about going to conferences in general. Um, last year, we had a great turnout, but like we knew there were going to be some people who couldn't come because of COVID. We ended up having, you know, a five or 600 people who were just virtual only participants because, you know, they have... Um, health issues um, or someone in their family has health issues that just didn't allow them to travel. We unfortunately had some people who caught COVID and had to cancel their ticket last minute. Um, so we were able to offer that and we'll do that again this year. Um, but, you know, based on kind of where our registration is tracking, I think it seems like people are very excited about being in person in community again this year um, in Chicago. So maybe they're just excited to come to the best city on earth. <laughs> I think that's a possibility too. <laughs> Chicago is a really Chicago evangelists over here. <laughs> <laughs> it is a really fun city. Keeping all of that in mind, I, well, I have sort of two questions based off of what you just said. One is I'm wondering if you see, you know, an opportunity to maybe broaden the impact of Netroots now that there is, you know, sort of there, there's a big organizing community online that is going to stay online because it consists of people that still are immunocompromised or still are sort of like limited in their interactions. And I wonder if you see, you know, an opportunity there, if you're going to continue to be engaging people or at least providing them those opportunities to kind of participate however they can. And then I also wondered if you have other programming that you do outside of the yearly conference through Netroots. Yeah. So yeah, this year we definitely will be providing a virtual component to the conference. Again, about 40 hours of streamed content. Um, virtual attendees get access to the app so they can go into the social wall. They, you can actually search, like see who the other attendees are. You can send them messages. Um, so folks will be able to do, you know, to connect that way. They can watch sessions online and comment and interact with people as sessions are happening. 
We're actually going to do some virtual only content as well before Netroots Nation actually kicks off starting at the end of June, um, where it will be only virtual content. Um, so we'll have about a dozen sessions where folks can um, either folks who've registered to be there in person in Chicago or folks who've bought a virtual ticket will be able to go and watch sessions um, online kind of in advance of the conference, start having those conversations. Um, one thing that we do as well um, is that we, anything that's streamed is recorded. So you can go and watch a session after, you know, after the conference ends too. So really we hope that those, we hope that our panels in particular are like starting places for people. Like listen to this, find out more about an issue that you're interested in or that you're concerned about hear from people who are working on the issue, find out how you can get involved and then figure out what to do from there. Um, so we try to integrate, you know, like all of our panels, we encourage, um, we strongly encourage a Q and A period at the end so that people do have a chance to say, well, what about this? Or how do I do this? And, you know, how do I get plugged in? Um, we also do some caucus spaces at the conference um, that are strictly community spaces. And those are really designed to, you know, like we'll have, um, we usually have a really great black caucus. We have um, an API caucus, like we have um, ethnicity kind of caucuses. We have caucuses that are more geared toward folks working on certain issues. So there's usually an education caucus for folks who are either, you know, working, you know, maybe members of one of the labor unions or, their teachers or they have, or they're just, you know, concerned parents can go and listen in and talk. And those spaces are actually really great too, for sort of giving people ways to plug in. A lot of times our caucus groups will, um, you know, trade email addresses. Sometimes they'll create little listservs out of it. Um, you know, so we, we try to encourage, I, I know like the year we were in Philly in 19, we had um, a group of folks who were still like, two or three years later, still like doing like regular meetings with people. So that's one goal that we have is that we don't want people to just come to a conference and learn and then not do anything with it. We want people to know how they can apply. You know, if they go to a training, how can they apply what they learn to their own work? They go to a panel and they come out of it saying, wow, I learned how I can either get involved in the issue or how I can support the efforts of those who are working on this issue. Um, so that's, that's really our goal is that, you know, we want NetRoots to be like a launching place for really great conversations. All right. Well, I think it would be good to tell people how they can learn more about NetRoots and maybe sign up. Yes. So you can go to netrootsnation.org um, for more information. Um, on our website, you can find our agenda so you can see what the sessions are um, and the topics that will be covered and who's speaking. Um, you can register. Um, we do have scholarships available. Um, we have uh, different price tiers for folks. We don't ever want people to feel like um, the cost of a ticket is prohibitive. So we offer lots of different price points for people to be able to come in at. Um, you can, the link to apply for a scholarship if you need a scholarship to attend is also on our website. Um, and you can also sign up to be a volunteer. Um, we, as I mentioned, we have a small staff. Um, Networks Nation would absolutely not happen without the dedication and work from our volunteer team every year. So each year we have about 100 to 150 volunteers 
um, who sign up for, you know, one shift or multiple shifts. Um, they help staff the reg desk. They help, you know, help attendees find what they're looking for. They kind of just help us with troubleshooting. Um, they staff the Netroots Nation booth in the exhibit hall where folks can go pick up their conference t-shirt. Um, so um, volunteering is a good way to A, meet new people. And also, um, you know, we offer discounted or free tickets in exchange for volunteer shifts as well. Is there anything that we have not touched on that you would like to mention before we close? Well, one thing that I think is often surprising for folks who've never been to Netroots Nation, and maybe they go to lots of other conferences, is that Netroots Nation is a very social conference. Um, people, like there's a lot of really fun activities that happen, especially after sessions end in the afternoons. Um, there's a pub quiz that is um, like insanely popular. Um <laughs> And really fun, we have an annual karaoke night um, that's surprisingly like, who knew folks in the progressive movement really love karaoke? Um, <laughs> we've done comedy show. I mean, there's all kinds of fun social events to do. So that's something that people who've never been often come out like, wow, I had way more fun attending a, con like I was, came to a conference for work and it ended up being a ton of fun. And I met, you know, met some amazing people. Um, so again, we have, we have a conference app, um, folks can connect with other attendees and message them and stay in touch. Um, so, you know, we hope that, if, you know, if you've not been consider joining us, we will have day passes as well, if you're local to Chicago. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we would love to have any new or older folks who, you know, if you've been before, but haven't been in the last year or two, we'd love to see you back. If you've never been before, but are curious, we'd love to, to see you there as well. I uh, will vouch for that. I am a shy introvert who's terrible at small talk. And I went to the pub quiz, joined Total Strangers, had a blast. <laughs> like, it, if I can do it, you, you can all do it too. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Mary, thank you so much. I, I am thrilled that Netroots will be in Chicago. And uh, it was really great to, to talk with you. Likewise. Can't wait to see you all there. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to What Can I Do? You can find show notes and credits for this episode at whatcanidopodcast.com. To the best of our knowledge, all audio used by What Can I Do is in the public domain or used with permission. Original artwork is by Matthew Wefflin and used with express permission. You can find us on Twitter at whatcanidopod. To contact us with questions or guest suggestions, please email hello at whatcanidopodcast.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review and tell your friends.